It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Tom Tiger. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello, I'm Kay Wenigle. Thanks for joining me on another edition of the Beyond Zero Science and Solutions Show. This show is broadcast by the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at 3cr.org.au. For regular listeners, today's guest, Bryce Gayton, needs no introduction. He will, as usual, tell us about the state of play with electric vehicles in Australia. Bryce, of course, is a member of the Australian Electric Vehicle Association. Hi, Bryce. Thanks for joining us. Ah, thanks for inviting me, Kay. It's always fun. Bryce, the last time we spoke, you were telling us about the AVA conference that was going ahead, but you didn't have any details at that stage. Can you tell us what's going on there now? Do you have any more details? Oh, I've got lots more details now. Yeah, we've had more false starts than a 100-metre sprint, actually. Oh, especially a 100-metre sprint final because the COVID kept wrecking, putting wrecking ball through our various plans. So we finally got the version four, and it's very robust, very well set up online conference. And because it's online, we're actually able to do what is effectively the, the biggest EV-only conference ever run in Australia. It'll be all online, so people can join from anywhere, and we've got speakers from all over the world. So it's running November 27th, and it'll be all, all day that day, and it's be opened by Lily Ambrosio, who's the uh, Victorian Minister for Energy, Environment and Climate Change. We've got a keynote talk from Tim Flannery, who's the former Australian of the Year and our world-renowned environmental scientist, and we've got a host of speakers, well over 40, in fact. Uh, there's three streams of talks covering about six themes, and because it's all online, we have speakers from all over the world. Uh, and the pricing, by the way, is actually very cheap compared to an equivalent in-person event. And not only do you get far more with all those international speakers, uh, the food's a hell of a lot cheaper and there's definitely no cues for the coffee. <laughs> so where do people find and go to find out more? So it's the aiva.delegateconnect, so D-E-L-E-G-A-T-E-C-O-N-E-C-T dot C-O. And they'll take you straight to the website. You can download the program via the download full program button. You can hit the register now button and you can check out all the speakers there as well. So for people that can't remember, just remember AEVA, Australian Electric Vehicle Association, 2020 EV Vision. Yeah, and it's an e-conference all online. So you said that um, you've got a, a lot of overseas speakers and you've got three different streams and a host of Australian speakers as well. Mm. As- uh, we have... Uh, as I mentioned, Tim Flannery and the minister, but we also have six themes and we have industry, for instance, where you have a number of speakers from the energy supply companies, researchers from different universities on what's happening to do with the uh, preparations for EV charging. We have uh, also industry includes the car manufacturers themselves. They'll also be doing a presentation each on their own particular cars that are are available now and their near to future plans. We have EV vision where we'll have, that's the theme about what people are doing and seeing into the future. So we have electric vehicle association 
roundtable discussion from overseas groups. So we have the Norwegian EVA, we have the Scottish EVA, and New Zealand, that's the other one. It's part of the Leaders and Followers program. We have the EV Hacker, as I've called it, theme, which is basically the DIY people. So they can check out how to do cars, bicycles, that type of thing, as well as find out how to import secondhand uh, grey import type cars through the good car company oh. and a few other things about how to check out how to in fact how to check out your secondhand leaf for instance to get some more data than just the dashboard itself we also have a whole theme on ev charging so ac systems dc systems from the providers and from the, the sellers of these systems and we have another theme called onto wheels which is where it's all that that small EV stuff where it's the bicycles, the scooters, uh, some of the regulatory issues around scooters because not all states will allow you to use them, uh, that type of thing. So they're, they're the six themes. Each one's about half a day. The whole structure of the conference is one-hour blocks like a webinar, but there's a 15-minute block break between each one. So you can pop out to the toilet or to get a cup of coffee, etc. So you can walk around the house. So Another deal with that, or another really good part of it is, if you don't like one particular speaker, you can quickly pop across to the other one. It's not like having to get up quietly out of the back of the room of a physical conference and trying to sneak out the door. It's a matter of you can just quickly click across and, and check out another speaker. Other beauty of this is you can actually download all the speakers after the conference, and they'll all be available on this particular website for the following 12 months. So even if you can't make it on the day, there is a cheap ticket you can buy, and that'll give you access to all the resources and all the speakers available for the next 12 months after the event. A number of questions popped into my head as you were telling me about or telling us about the, the conference. But um, let's start as we usually do when we talk to you about what the new electric vehicles are that have come to Australia this year? Yes, there's quite a, quite a list and it's growing. We've got the obviously the new MG ZS EV coming. There's the Audi e-tron that's about to arrive. Porsche Taycan. We've got the Mini Cooper SE Electric. Mercedes EQC arrived the very start of the year. If you're, by the way, if you're after a listing, anyone listening of all the BEVs and FEVs, the BEVs being battery electric vehicles, FEVs being plug-in hybrids, our AEVA website actually has a list that you can download and has all the, the basic details. So it's at aeva.asn.au and you can click on the fact sheets link. And for each of the BEV models, there is actually a two-page standard format sheet on all of the ones that are currently available for sale in Australia. So if you want to look at the EVs that are available, or BEVs, I should say, available, and compare their features, you can just download each sheet on those and compare them. Uh, the MG. Tell us about the MG. Uh, the MG is looking really good on paper. I'd love to get my hands on one as a test drive, but uh, there's a few around already that the press are getting their hands on. But the MG is a 40-kilowatt-hour battery, quite efficient, quite a neat little package, apparently, a sort of a small SUV-style vehicle. It's built in China, but it is apparently quite well put together and, by all reports, is a good EV and certainly quite cheap. The very minor deeds... One of the cheapest available in Australia, I've I heard. Yes, it will be under 48K as the launch edition, although if you do want a cheaper EV than that with the same size battery, you could go out right now and better get a Renault Zoe. Ereno, because they've stopped selling them, have put them on run out and you can actually pick them up for 37k, a 2019 model drive away. I read also that Ace has or was going to have some vehicles available this year. They had the, the Ute, spelled Y-E-W-T, the Urban EV and the Cargo EV. 
they are being built in South Australia and the manufacturers are, manufacturers are claiming that there are more local parts. Over 50% of the parts are going to be local, which was much more than the Holdens were that <clears throat> built in South Australia when they were being built. What sort of vehicles are they and are they going to be available in Australia this year? Uh, well, it's two of them, the Ute and the Cargo, a little light commercial vans, and they're filling that little niche that we haven't seen for a long time, like the Subaru Brumbies or the, the original Kangoo vans, those little, and the, I'm trying to think of the Citroen Bilingo was another one. They're, they've all sort of got bigger since, but those really small little vans that people like to run around doing deliveries, that's what the Ute and the Cargo EV, so the Ute's the Ute style, and the Cargo is a small enclosed van. The interesting part about them is they're a reinforced plastic chassis rather than steel, so they're a very solid, tight little car. I have actually driven one, although it's a left-hand drive. I was quite impressed with the little EV. Whether they're going to be available this year, uh, no. They're like any other startup. It's Tesla were renowned for having real-time versus Elon time, and any startup tends to have that. They, they think they can get things done and discover that the reality is a lot slower. So we won't see them this year. We may see them next year. They've actually started to get some decent funding put in, so we'll, hopefully we'll actually get to see them. Arace, the only Australian manufacturer, is building electric vans in Australia? Uh, no, no, there's actually um, Acer, basically a four or 500 kilo type load. There's a couple of two-ton, 2,000 kilogram vans coming out very soon. There's the SEA about to launch, a, or I have just launched, a small 12-seater van that would also double as a two-ton van, and also EV Automotive are bringing what's called the EC11, which is a Chinese-built van, and that's just going through its final stages of being built in right-hand drive and finalising it. I think it's turning up in the next few weeks uh, for its final certification here in Australia. And that's also a two-ton van with a 12-seater bus option. So we should be seeing that one before the end of the year and hopefully SEA um, one starting come online. So SEA, the uh, EV truck builder converter here in Victoria. Yes, who have also now got manufacturing plants in California, I think, as well as in New Zealand. Mm. They're doing very well. Yes, it's good, such as and Tritium are doing very well as well. We're selling all their EV charges all over the world. So some really good homegrown product getting around the world in EVs. And we'll have more on the Australian electric vehicle manufacturers and products. But firstly, can you tell us about the Kia Niro, which has similar specifications and price to your EV, Bryce, the Hyundai Kona, and was supposed to be in Australia earlier this year? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah that's partly to do with the supply constraints overseas. That They just decided that our little market here wasn't worth bringing them over when they could sell more than they could possibly make. Uh, in their overseas markets already. So I think they left it because Kia is basically Hyundai. So Hyundai own Kia and the drivetrain in the Inaro is in fact the, the Hyundai 64 kilowatt hour battery and drivetrain. So they're exactly the same underneath, but the, the Kia is a slightly bigger vehicle. So you've got a bit more passenger room in the back and you've got a bit more boot room. And I know there was a number of people who were really looking forward to the Inaro turning up the start of this year and ended up buying the Kona because the Kia have punted it back into the, the never never future. Personally I suspect they may never arrive here. And the same for the eSoul. Mm, that's a shame, isn't it? But um mm. you you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the twenty twenty EV Vision e conference 
that you're going to be talking about, or one of the streams is going to be about grey imports. And I suspect that that's the way, if people are interested in that sort of car, they might be able to to access the Nero if, if they're... Uh, yes, if it's added to the, uh, I think it's the SEVs list, I can't remember the actual acronyms, but there's a list of cars that can be brought in, but it has been freed up that you can start bringing in new models now, only a few months after they've been released overseas if the manufacturer is not bringing them to Australia. So it's, it's better than it used to be. But there's still lots of issues about bringing in your own vehicles as a one-off. It's just a hard thing to do if you're only going to do the one. I think uh, you were mentioning earlier there was a 60-kilowatt-hour battery Nissan Leaf that's been brought in privately, and they got it at a significant discount to what it would have been here if they were bringing it here, which sadly they don't bring the 62-kilowatt-hour battery version here. But, um, yes, it is a significant discount, but it is a lot of work. Um, and I've heard a lot of horror stories of people with classic cars and things about them being damaged in transit or an arrival not being in a condition they were purported to be. Uh, you really, if you're going to do it as a one-off, you really need a trustworthy agent on the ground there. You've got to fully research the vehicle both in its specs and verify its history and also verify that it can be compliance here in Australia. It could be a stolen car, even a written-off repair, for all you know, um, unless it's been properly checked out. Also, with one-off grey imports, there's no warranty or backup or service if it's a one-off. Uh, and it could be unexpected compliance costs, such as if, if it's an older car, obviously not with EVs, but if they have asbestos brake pads, things like that, they all have to be inspected and removed prior to arrival, as well as fumigated for insects and bugs. There's all sorts of strange things you can bump into, especially as one-offs and you don't know the, the ins and outs of the process. And now on top of that, dealers are really notorious for refusing to work on grey imports. And I, to some degree, sympathise. You know, why should they when they're often loaded with software and systems that are different to the Australian-delivered versions and they've only been trained in the Australian version? So they say, well, it's a car that was never brought here. And they're also trying to protect their patch because they don't like grey imports sneaking around their profit system. Although it is different when you come to the group buy systems. Good car, for instance, that a lot of people may have heard of, they always do it as a group in a particular area and they'll actually partner with a local mechanic to do service work and maintain them and they'll also have a basic second-hand warranty. Uh, the flip side though is these group by schemes don't end up working out much cheaper than equivalent strained delivered EV. Uh, so I always suggest that if you're looking at something that has been similar to what's delivered here, buy something that's been delivered here already because it's you, if you're going to go for a warranty and service backup, uh, either good car the cars don't come out much cheaper or you can go with the Australian one. But if you're wanting something that wasn't brought out here, like a um, ENV 200 van, which is basically a leaf in van disguise, a 62 kilowatt hour leaf, or um, the R135 GT line ZE50 Zoe that I'd love to have that will never come now, then you'd be looking at bringing them in through one of those good car schemes. That's sort of my general suggestion. So the the law that you mentioned, which is the change to the special and enthusiasts vehicle scheme mm. that now has a three-month wait rather than 18-month wait from when a vehicle that's launched to when it can be ad added to the register, does that open the door for companies to start bringing in grey imports and selling them cheaper? Yes. yes. Is that the reason? That, that's what's happening in New Zealand. That, that's what's happening in New Zealand at the moment, that they've had that sort of parallel import scheme for many years and they have companies that specialise in that. That's right. So I think Good Car is probably starting up to be amongst the first of those. But also New Zealand is notorious for having had some of the highest new car prices 
in the world compared to Australia. So their, their new car prices are always a lot more. When they first brought the Renault Zoe into New Zealand, for instance, the dealers were selling them for 73000 Wow. So there was, a, there was definitely a big gap in the market for someone to start bringing in them as those grey imports because they were selling the Zoe's for 45000 there as a grey import versus seventy-five or 73 rather for new ones. If you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Bryce Gayton, our electric vehicle specialist. It just seems interesting that the federal government's made these regulatory changes and I was wondering to what end they were being made. Yeah, we don't have an Australian car manufacturing system anymore, so there's no reason to keep those systems before were set up to keep those sort of cars out of the market to protect the Australian cars because they were cost more costly to build in small production runs. These days, there isn't an industry to protect, so there is an argument that we don't need those laws anymore and we should be able to buy them at international prices, although our new car prices aren't that far different from international prices when you start doing some of the comparisons as I've looked over the years. Well, it's not so much the the car prices themselves, it's actually the taxes that you pay to get them into the country, I think, that increases the price. Yeah, it depends on the uh, how what price they are. If they cross into the luxury car threshold, then you're going to be paying luxury car tax and things. It's interesting when you look at the Tesla 3 model, which they say was selling in America for $35,000, even when you convert that to Australian dollars, that's not... $75,000, which is what these mm. around the price. Yeah, if you converted it to Australian dollars, just uh, makes it about fifty-five, sixty, and then you start adding uh, your delivery costs and things. So it's not too far off, although the prices then started skyrocketing once you started adding luxury car tax and what have you. In another show this year, we talked about the number of electric bus manufacturers starting up in Australia. And this is uh, interesting that you say that we don't have a car manufacturing industry, but I'm starting to see that with EVs that, you know, we, we have C Electric, as you pointed out, it, we've got ACE and we've got a number of um, bus manufacturers such as Nexport, Volgren, Bus Tech and Precision Buses, Avas, which has a... Avas have gone, yep. But... Well, they've, they've been bought out by someone else, haven't they? Mm. But they did have actually a bus that had the Guinness World Record for an electric bus tra- that travelled more than a 1,000 kilometres on a single charge. So we are seeing more and more manufacturers here in Australia mm. producing these vehicles. And what about planes? Do you know that Australia is currently the only country in the world that already certifies electric aircraft for training purposes? So, again, we've got a, an opportunity to be a world leader in the env- environmental space. And there's a company so. called Air to Their Aviation, interesting name, mm. which is um, building a Slovenian-designed training aircraft in um, South Australia, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Now, we also have uh, Electro Air in West Australia. They started with the Pipistrel Alpha, which is an electric flight trainer a couple of years ago and still distributed here. So it's still a distributor. The group in South Australia actually importing and assembling here. But there's also, as I was talking about, the Caribbean Electro Aero in West Australia, they've now moved on to developing what's the world's first electric ducted fan ultralight, which is basically a, a hang glider with a ducted fan behind it. If you can check it out on the web and see the first flight of that. They're also working on fast charge systems for aviation and other uh, EV aero developments, um, and they also are speaking at their EV Vision conference in November. Mm-hmm. One other interesting, uh, elect, Electro Aero are speaking to uh-huh. the G20 
chief operating officer is speaking there on what they're doing in the electric aviation space. Uh, one other interesting thing I was going to bring up about electric aviation is Norway, who are well on the way to their new EV sales uh, by their I-span, internal combustion engine band sale date of 2025. They've passed 60% now of new cars are plug-in electric and 50%, not, not 50% of that 60%, but 50% of total car sales is full battery electric vehicles. Um, they've set a date of 2040 to electrify all their domestic aviation. That's so impressive, isn't it? And they've got incentives as well, I believe. So they're, they're saying that the companies that comply with this won't have to pay airport taxes, which apparently is mm. quite significant. Yep, yeah, they're, they're being very upfront about we want our all our transport system to move to electric and they're doing their very best to promote uh, that change and incentivise as well as support that change. Something that we in Australia seem to be very bad at doing. Something we were discussing at the EV conference, it's actually one of the major themes that will be coming through, and the final plenary session will be a discussion with Robert Llewellyn from uh, Fully Charged in England, and there'll be uh, Giles Parkinson from The Driven and several Electric Vehicle Association speakers, and Behad Jafari from the Electric Vehicle Council, they'll all be together talking about how do we move the EV transition in Australia forward, what, what's the best way and what, what can we all do and what can we learn from the overseas experience and all the, the speakers that will be there that day. So there's speakers as well as from Norway, and Norway has a lot to teach us in the EV mm. space. Denmark as well, I believe, Scotland, Canada. Yep, we have a speaker from Denmark on the first year of operation of the Electric Ferry Ellen, and that's a 30 – it's not a little – uh, ferry. It's a 30-car, 200-person ferry that runs between Denmark and Sweden and has been running for well over a year now. And that's their first report on that. We'll be, be presenting the report on that. And spoiler alert, uh, it is way better than you could possibly imagine. Look, talking about boats, even in Australia, we've got silent yachts that, and they're based in Queensland mm. and they build fully electric yachts, including solar charging, electric heating and cooling and cooking and then there's also eco-boats, which build mm. electric motors and small dinghies. So Australia is starting to pick up the pace even in that space. Yes, it's, it's interesting. The, uh, we've got party boats on the air already and been around for a couple of years that are little picnic boats. And it's quite fun on a sunny day when summer last year, uh, my partner and I were sitting by the, the air and there was little quiet little boats going up the air and then back. And they basically had a picnic table in the middle of them and people were happily having their little picnic in a, a very low-power picnic boat that you don't need a license for, and they just motor up and down the air. And there was dozens of the things that were like buzzing up and down like mosquitoes. Um, you've got those already. You've got that electric ferry I mentioned. Um, yeah, EV Watercraft have definitely arrived. Uh, and another company that's up in Queensland, Betts Boats, they uh, design and sell EV propulsion kits for a small boat. So you can contact them and you can get a, a small outboard motor or a inboard-type motor for um, anything up to a small powerboat. So that, that's already here. Oh, it's just amazing, isn't it? Mm. It's just the EV revolution has, has been sneaking up very quietly, literally very quietly. <laughs> and what other amazing EVs are there in Australia? Ah, it's just where to start. The two we on two wheels section in the conference will be detailing a number of companies that are developing or selling EV bikes, EV cargo bikes, scooters, all of those type of things. And there's various companies that will sell you kits to convert your old 
push bike into an electric push bike. And one of the speakers, one of those businesses will be doing a talk on converting bicycles to electric in the EV hacker section too. Are there scooters as well and skateboards? Yep. Uh, there's uh, some regulatory issues around scooters and there's a speaker on that particular issue. Some states they're legal to use and some states they're not. So there's work afoot uh, in, there's actually a interstate panel of people trying to put together a set of regulations that will match or be harmonised throughout Australia. So there'll be a speaker on that and what's happening in that space Again, at the EV conference, I keep talking about the EV conference because it is so big and there's so much, so many different themes. It's not just electric cars, as I'm always trying to say. The electric transport revolution is everything on wheels is changing to electric because it gets well away from fossil fuels and gives us that ability to transition to a clean energy future once we have all renewable energy. One question I haven't asked is motorbikes, electric motorbikes. I'm glad you asked that because we actually have a speaker on that topic as well is saying what's happening about electric motorbikes. And, and so Dr. Chris Jones, who's very much he built a performance electric bike and has been very much a proponent of electric electric motorcycles for some years now, uh, he'll be speaking on electric motorbikes. And as just in fact for AIVA members, he's written an article on the new Livewire, the Harley-Davidson Electric. That's one first one just arrived in Australia. No, I, I actually... I can't get my head around that. A, a, a quiet Harley Davidson. That's, that's <laughs> and he said it was actually really impressed. He said it's a really, really good electric motorbike. Okay. Well, that sounds very exciting. November this year, this conference. Yeah, November 27th, Friday, November 27th. You can register now for tickets and the conference will be starting about quarter past nine on November 27th. And if you Google AVA, AVA, 2020 EV Vision, you can go to the website or it's... So it's the aiva.delegateconnect, so D-E-L-E-G-A-T-E-C-O-N-E-C-T dot C-O. And for people that are wanting to know about the EVs that are available in Australia, you go to the AIVA website and the information... Yep, yep, aiva.asn.au and for the fact sheet, just click on the fact sheet tab at the top and that will take through to a... Basically, a set of pictures and just click on the particular vehicle you're interested in and you can download those sheets and they are updated as the models change and new ones are added as models arrive here in Australia. Great. Well, thanks very much for that, Bryce. I look forward to seeing you online on November 27th. <laughs> no worries, Kay. Thank you. The Beyond Zero Science and Solutions show is brought to you by the Climate Change Solutions think tank, Beyond Zero Emissions, and is recorded remotely by the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Previous episodes of the show are available on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe to help others find the show. If you enjoy the program and can donate to help cover air time costs, please go to the BCD website and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again next week. It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level.